Hello there, old and new friends. Welcome to Divine Musing, episode 26, I Already Am. I am Destiny Rambo Corey, and I am so thankful that you have joined me for this journey into scripture, literature, poetry, and prayer as we view them through the light of transformation and growth. Here's something I've been thinking about lately. We begin with a quote from Ralph Ellison. When I discover who I am, I'll be free. Not too long ago, my husband Joel and I spent a week in a wonderful rental house on Lake Lanier in Georgia with his whole family. His brother brought up his boat from Florida and we all just spent the time together on the water, cooking delicious meals and having these lengthy, amazing conversations that sometimes went to one, two o'clock in the morning. One of my favorite conversations that I had was with my four-year-old little niece, Josie, Joel's brother Jonathan's daughter. She was born just two months before Joel and I got married, and she's been my first experience having a niece. My older sister has a son, and my cousin, who's practically my sister, also has a son. So my experience as an aunt has been mostly, well, all together with just boys. And so Josie has been such a delight. She is seriously the coolest little warrior I have ever met. She is hilarious and witty, yet she's so sensitive and she's so brave and she's incredibly empathetic. She's also wise beyond her years in ways that I don't even think she understands yet. Um, She recently had her first dance recital, and even though Joel and I couldn't make it down to Florida to be there in person, she insisted on doing her choreography for us over and over while singing loudly to accompany herself. Uh, The song was You Are My Sunshine, and it was absolutely precious. My favorite thing was watching just the shock and awe on her face when Unky Joel, which she calls Joel, picked up his guitar and started playing as she danced. I think it was the first time as a child she realized that music and words and lyrics, like that's how they go together. It was just like watching this epiphany happen, and it was so cute. So later that afternoon, she and I were out on the lake and we were sharing this big raft together and we were just talking about all sorts of things, talking about her favorite colors and her favorite movies and uh, she started talking about how much she loves dance and so I asked her, you know, as most adults probably would ask a child this, I said, so do you want to be a dancer when you grow up? And she looked at me with the most puzzled look on her face and she said, Um, Aunt Des, I'm already a dancer. I was taken back by her response. I wasn't trying to psychoanalyze her or anything, but I certainly wasn't ready for that nugget of wisdom. I remember being asked that question over and over when I was a child and never realized that most of the things that I said I wanted to be someday, I was already doing. This conversation hasn't left me for weeks really now, as the wisdom of a four-year-old has wrecked my ideals of putting so much emphasis on future me and disregarding all of the things that I am currently, like they don't matter as much as they will someday. It also has me curious as to why people ask, what do you do when we are getting to know someone as opposed to who are you? 
Back in ancient times, if someone was asked who they are, they would start naming their ancestors or titles they or their family may have held. Their identity was found in their family or in their associations. Nowadays, people just sort of skip to the what do you do question, primarily because I think it requires a little less conversational effort. It also is seemingly less awkward. I wonder what the world would be like if we started asking each other about who we are at our cores before we inquired about what we do to make money. My conversation with Josie made me think about this incredible interaction between Jesus and Peter in Matthew 16, beginning at verse 13. Now, when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they answered, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or just one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, the son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, blessed, happy, spiritually secured, favored by God are you, Simon of Jonah, because flesh and blood, mortal man, did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades' death will not overpower it. And I will give you the keys, authority of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, declare lawful on earth, will have already been loosed in heaven." Then he gave the disciples strict orders to tell no one that he was the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. This is such an incredible moment in scripture, a moment of being awakened to the reality of who Jesus is versus what he can do. True revelation of Christ in our lives must come from the Father in order for it to be seen by those around us. What's so interesting in this text is that after Peter answers Jesus by divine revelation, Jesus calls him by his full name, Simon of Jonah. The name Jonah means dove, which we all know is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. So when Simon, son of Jonah, is awakened to the reality of who Christ is, Jesus then calls him Peter, the rock upon which the church would be built. The story continues in verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples clearly that he must go to Jerusalem and endure many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, Sanhedrin, Jewish high court, and be killed and be raised from death to life on the third day. Peter took him aside to speak to him privately and began to reprimand him, saying, May God forbid it. This will never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on things of God, but on things of man. I love the progression of this moment. Peter has a divine revelation of the Christ, and as long as he is operating in that revelation, he is who he was meant to be all along. But the minute he begins to revert to the mind of man and the ways of fear, 
Jesus point blank calls him Satan. His mind had turned from the fullness of Christ to the dreadfully dangerous ways of man. When I think about precious little Josie at four years old, owning who she is without any sense of fear, I know that kind of revelation came directly from her creator. She is still shrouded in so much innocence that she speaks more from the side of heaven than she does from the side of earth. Who are you, dear listener? Not what do you do, but who are you? The truest answer to that question lies waiting in the part of us that we have given over to Christ. One of my favorite books of the Bible is Paul's letter to the Colossians. In chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, it says, Therefore, you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead. Keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. For you died to this world, and your new, real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory." The word that was translated as appears in this verse comes from the Greek word meaning to make manifest or visible or known what has been hidden or unknown, to manifest whether by words or deeds or in any other way, to become known, to be plainly recognized, thoroughly understood. The answer to the simple question, who are you, is found within the infinite complexity of the incarnation of Christ. When we know who he is, we in turn know who we are. When Christ appears, we will also appear. If you are in a place of questioning who you are and what you were created to be, then why don't we take a minute and pray this prayer together? Divine Creator, before I was formed in my mother's womb, you formed me and destined me for great things. I surrender to your perfect path and embrace the wonder of who you say I am. Meet me in my frailties and allow me to see myself as you see me, to look beyond what I do to survive and behind the veil of I amness. Once my eyes have been opened to this reality of myself, teach me how to extend the same grace to those around me. Let me see beyond the outward masks and into the mystery of your perfect creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I will leave you with a quote from Leaves of Grass written by one of my all-time favorite writers, Walt Whitman. He was utterly insane and an incredibly flawed human, but his writings have meant so much to me for so many years. He says, Do I contradict myself? Very well, then, I contradict myself. I am large, I contain multitudes. I hope this musing has given you a little something to think about, too. Thank 
you so much for joining me today for Divine Musing. For more information, head over to www.rambocory.com. I would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash Destiny Makes Music or on Instagram and Twitter at Des Rambo Music.